Yeah, talk about how big this episode is. a very big Patreon energy right now. So we should hi for the girls podcast Patreon. It's us. That's Nick. Nick. I'm Jason. Nick just told me he's in a really big Patreon energy. And I think that means that he's not in a main energy. He's in a a very, that that other kind of energy that we're bringing you. Everything I say today needs to stay in the vault. I'm feeling a little vulnerable. (laughs) I'm feeling a little like, what does life mean? I'm feeling uh, all of this stuff. So yeah, it's just want to talk to my Patreon, which is ironic because we were like, maybe this episode we'll put it on the main at some point. And we still think we maybe will because really what we're because because <laughs> what we and we still think let's just see how this turns out. It could be total Patreon only content. But yeah. uh, you know, this whole the whole reason why we do these any of this is to bring us joy and to bring you joy and to bring more joy into the world. So hopefully, because this album, we are doing Whitney Houston's 1990 I'm Your Baby Tonight, one of mm. our uh, uh, Nick and I's couples albums of our lifetimes. There isn't a time that we don't get together and play this all the way through. That's right, folks. There isn't a skippable track on this. No. And and so hopefully it'll it, it will bring us out of that kind of um t- darker Patreon energy into the into the main light of into it all. The main and light of our Whitney, of our Whitney, of our uh, original goddess, our original second goddess. Yeah. Yeah, our second, our second album, our second, our second, second album, album sides. that we ever got as human beings was this ca- on cassette, which I had. And it did was you so- have or did Molly have? Molly had, but then I just took. I okay. full on just took from her and was like, "You're never getting this back." She would get really mad and like try to take it back from me, and I was like, "No." And you know what? One of my earliest memories of this is I couldn't believe this didn't have an explicit content warning on it. This is before explicit content warnings, but I thought that this was so adult. Well, listening to this, I was like, okay, this is the album that, yeah, that taught us about adult life. Like everything we learned, we learned from this album. Everything I know about relationships, everything I know about love, everything I know about God comes from this album. So get ready, children. Mm -hmm. This is where we decided if abortion was okay or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. I oh, I have so many feelings about starting this. Let's do a little bit of an origin update. We've already done our an iconic Whitney Houston episode. Yes, we've already done our iconic Whitney Houston episode. It was our third episode, I believe, or fourth episode with our great guest, Cord Tuttle. And we did Whitney Houston kind of overview with a fan. And... But Whitney has always been on our Mount Rushmore, and so we have to come back to the well. We have to come back to the well. So let's talk a little bit about Whitney's career. Um, Whitney Houston, uh, I mean, and we don't need to do much if you don't know. (laughs) Get off! Get off! There's (laughs) Leave! 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 But Whitney Houston, the icon, uh, started uh, her career in uh, 1985. She released uh, the album Whitney Houston. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And it was this huge smash hit. It had all of these like number one singles. People were absolutely obsessed with it. It was iconic. And then, of course, one of Nick and I's favorite things to do is she followed that album up with 1987's Whitney. Yes. <laughs> Just the take that last Whitney name Houston, Whitney. 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 <laughs> I want people to know whose album this is. It's Whitney. <laughs> it's a very Barbara move. It's like the next album should be called The Whitney Houston Album. My name is Barbara Streisand, the second, <laughs> the second album. Barbara uh, Jones Barbara Streisand. Streisand. 
And so those the two Barbara are- album, the Streisand <laughs> album, Color Me Barbara. I mean, that, that's <laughs> it's probably my favorite thing. Beth does it too. So we're not like our diva has all of her names on all of the albums. Oh, that's like, true. She's used almost every variation of her name. I mean, it, she it took her until 2000 to name an album called Bet, but she did it because she had a TV show called Bet. Yeah, but she so. did a lot of really cool album titles other than that, like Songs from the New Depression. Yes, yes. No. Whispers, Broken Block, like some no frills, like weird, cool album titles. Sorry, I am going to go to bat from a girl there. Okay, then I'll bat again, but she still has the Divine Miss M, Bet Midler, Bathhouse Betty, Bet. Bet of Roses. Bet of Roses. And you have iconically some people's lives. Like, what an amazing title for an album. <laughs> listening sensation. Wow, I went down a bet loophole. Who Do would you know have- what I like? You know what I kind of like because I find it so beguiling is when people actually name their albums off of something that doesn't have, that, that there's no track list, that it's not a song. Oh, you know, and it's what, just like an album name. Well, Thighs and Whispers is one of them. Oh, yeah. That Thighs Miller's and Thighs and Whispers. Songs um, for the New Depression is another. Songs for the New Depression is another. You know, so so I, because the, cause I then it, like it's that. more of an interest. It's more of a, it's mm-hmm. an intrigue. It's a mystery. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the name of the album. And this is what encompasses that idea behind, you know. Right, the concept. I mean, it does go to like, oh, I have an idea. I have a concept for this album that's kind of more than that right so Whitney Houston released those two albums and she was just this kind of unbelievable smash hit I mean she was she you know yes number one after number one she was America's sweetheart she she was America's sweetheart she took over pop and and it's really funny because during this time who are the other people it was really Michael Jackson and it was Madonna and then mm-hmm. it was Whitney Houston, and those two, and those three little, kind of a lived in a category. Belinda the Good Witch was still making some big hits at this time. I mean, other people were making hits, but I would say those three lived in sure. a tower all on their own. You know, yes. like they were kind of untouchable. And then uh, 1989 comes along, and Whitney Houston gets booed at the Soul Train Awards. They yes. mention her name, and she gets booed. And there was kind of this thing coming up that Whitney Houston was just this pop star performing under white producers or, you know, do, doing kind right. of white Clive music. Clive Davis was doing all of right. her records and controlling everything at that time, yes. And so, and, and you know, possibly in response to that, or just in response to this, this album, which is I'm Your Baby Tonight, like we say, it came out in, it was her third album, 1990. Whitney Houston kind of took more of the reins. Uh, the first two albums, producers were just trying to make m- megawatt hits with her voice. You know, like it was uber produced. It was uber glossy. It was uber right. pristine pop gems and so she decides to come out with what they were referring to as that time as urban music a lot of reviews that you will see will be called say that she has leaned into her urban side but it is i mean that was the term at the time i know urban contemporary do you remember that yeah and so but 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 really uh uh whitney wanted to kind of pick her own uh pick her own songs uh and and lean into this more r&b sound now on the personal note, she was also kind of before she was all this American sweetheart. But around this time, she had been a real tabloid fodder. Everyone was chasing her and trying to eat her up and eat up the fact that she was with who? Bobby Brown. Right. This is the Bobby album. This is the Bobby album. This is the Bobby. This is really the Babasons. So, which it's the Babasons, which is really, I have so many conflicted feelings about. You know, I know. It is I know. my favorite Whitney album. 
And I know that it's all beginning here. Well, so, so she was so she was dating Bobby Brown, who was from New Edition. He was in that boy band and it was the hot young thing. And they were this kind yes. of kind and and no one wanted no none of the public wanted Whitney to be with her. And so there was all of these New York like um post articles of being like Whitney overdose on diet pills and all of these kind right. of controversies she is surrounding so her. skinny during this period. <laughs> She's very skinny. Um, I mean she I mean Mama was always thin. She now, I mean, Whitney was always a, just a very thin woman, but th- in this period, yeah, it was, it, it was intense. Right. And, but, and so with the tabloids, with, the, with the kind of people, with people booing her, she kind of, it's kind of, this album kind of addresses that. It kind of reaffirms that, no, this is, these are my choices. This mm-hmm. is like me kind of making that kind of a, a, a step away from them. My, a big step away from my last two albums, kind of going in the direction that I want. On got she's got on a motorcycle in her white jeans. She doesn't care if she stains them. She's gonna drive into the night. And what's on that back? What's what's that vanity plate, baby? Nippy, oh, nippy, nippy, of course, nippy. Isn't that everything. And she's not even gonna wear a helmet because that motorcycle looks kind of like a motorcycle that got smooshed in with a scooter. <laughs> that looks like a. <laughs> It's like a small, it's like a, it's like a ladies motorcycle. It's small. It's a nippy, it's a nippy cycle. It's a nippy, the nippy cycle. Uh, And it's so LA, this cover too. I can never tell if she's like on a roof or not with this motorcycle. Like, is she about to do an evil Knievel moment? I can't tell. Yes. I, yes. Okay. So let's jump in. That is your Whitney Houston herstory lesson on I'm your baby tonight. That was fabulous primer for that. Thank you, babe. Why don't we do it? And now we can talk about our, like, yeah, as we said, this was our kind of second album. This was our, what we called Nick and I's adult album. We've told this story before, but mm-hmm. it, it begs to be repeated. It was, it was like a very gay moment for us and growing up and like, and kind of what our sensibility was and slightly how other people would perceive that sensibility as being a little bit. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because we were constantly choreographing all of these songs on my trampoline outside, like while playing this on the teeniest boombox known to mankind and just like getting into our feelings and getting, I mean, getting into our full hip hop dance sensation at age like eight or nine. And we would like stop the track, rewind it, sit down together, get the liner notes out, read the lyrics, try mm-hmm. to decipher what she's meaning to inform the movements that we were trying to create. <laughs> to, <laughs> to, and this was, and this was kind of like we really like you know that kind of beautiful childhood moment of like we're just creating something because we have to. This music is it must must be danced must to be and it must be choreographed. Absolutely. It has to be choreographed with the same dances at the same time. I couldn't remember any of those and none, but none of it. I mean, it starts a lot of back bounces, a lot. I'm Nick and I were really mm-hmm. good into being, watch what we can do in the tramp. We can fall on our back and, and, and get back up on our feet. And and cross in the air and cross, cross in the air. And this was all done in Nick's, um, at Nick's farmhouse. Uh, literally when I say farmhouse, I mean like there was a house and then everything that when you turned all the way around, all it was was cornfields. So here are mm-hmm. these two boys uh, really getting into all the feelings in all the world that a 10 year old could. And, and Nick's mom was watching it the whole time. <laughs> Appalled, terrified. <laughs> and had to call Nick over and be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this looks real funky right now. Yeah, she was like, you can't do that dance anymore. 
So we had to do it in secret, kind of. Yeah, we had some shame around that. You know? I, that was I I I don't know if it was just because we've that was kind of an origin story that we always told, but I remember a lot of deep shame around, or just or just not deep shame, but kind of being like, oh, that that thing that felt so innocent, honest, and pure, you know, of us like. Mm-hmm. Getting, you know, doing a modern dance thing to to Whitney Houston, uh, what was wrong, and then us then having to do that extra work of being like, why, right, and not really knowing why, or not really trying to go towards that. But I mean, knowing that it, it was because my parents were mad whenever you would go towards the feminine, and you were a boy. And that is a lot of the reason why we have named this podcast For the Girls, if you're new, because a lot of things growing up that we loved were for the girls and we would be punished for it. And so we just are celebrating loving those things now and celebrating everything iconically female, like Nippy Houston. Like Nippy Houston. I wonder if that shame has helped us like, like make this album even more precious and even more sacred. Do you know what I mean? It's like we were told no. And so we're like, okay, that means there's more secrets on this album to unlock. And we I, must. Absolutely. Hold absolutely. Absolutely. I felt, I felt that way a lot about, I felt that way about Whitney Houston and I felt that way about Bet. And then, then I, as I got older, started feeling that way about Tori Amos too, which I said on the Tori Amos episode, because those things were um, not allowed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Totally. But let's get into the album. I, I'm like drawing into the darkness because I'm on Patreon and because I'm having a bad day, but I'm going to bring us to the light. Okay, well, um, let's, let's get to the light. Let's get to the night. Let's get to being our, each other's every day, all night long. <laughs> Babies! This track, I love it when the title track is track number one. I always think the title track should be track number one. Like, just get into absolutely, it. absolutely. This is your I mean, statement. If, it, if this is if this is the name, then this is a statement. Go. This is what we're doing, and this song is everything to me. This song is the party that Whitney Houston brings to you every single time. It reminds me, like we were talking about in the Tina Turner um, episode about whatever you want. When Tina, it's like when Tina Turner opens a concert with whatever you want, like she's promising, like whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. Whitney opens some, or at least the tour with this song. And it's like a promise to her audience, you know, that she is going to give them all. From the moment I saw you, I went out of my mind. Oh, I never believed in love at first sight. But you got a magic boy that I just can't explain. Well, you got a, you got a way that you're making me feel I can do, I can do anything for you, baby. I'll be done for you, baby. Lay all my cards out tonight. Just hold on me, baby. I'll be there in a hurry. It's your move, so baby. Baby, this time. Whatever you want from me, I'm giving you everything. I'm your baby tonight. Produced by L.A. Reed and Babyface, and I'm I'm such a Babyface stan of what he does to yes. other people's music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's 
And I'm actually, I'm into Babyface's songs too, but like, you know, he's done, he did that iconic Madonna's Take a Bow. He did Tony yes. Braxton's. Oh, Take a Bow, um, my favorite, my favorite Madonna song of all time. Iconic Tony Braxton's um, I'll Never Breathe Again, Breathe Again, Breathe Again. So it's oh, like, we gotta do a Tony episode. it's slick, it's clean, it's exciting, and it puts the voice in front. It, it, front it, and center, front and right center where Whitney's voice. voice needs to be. And this really is her declaration of being like, I'm a little bit more hardcore. Whitney's voice is a little bit more steely on this on this track. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It has a little bit more of um, – it's it, there's a little bit of an icy – it's like – she's like saying like, I'm going to give it all to you. But yeah, it has that Tina Turner edge to it. Mm-hmm. You know? There's a real Tina influence on Whitney in this that I love. It's kind of and, tough. It's kind of a tougher song. Absolutely. And there are live performances of, and we'll get into them, of these songs. <laughs> yes, that, bitch. That she, it sounds rougher on, which we no one was used to from Whitney. She was like, you want raw? I'll give you raw. Like also, Whitney can get tired. Like Whitney is not, I know and I use this language a lot around her too, that she's superhuman, that she's an angel from God, that she's a perfect goddess who can do no wrong. But Nippy's voice gets tired and she will sing on it when it's tired and I get into it. Now this was the song that I can see Whitney, when I, when I put this on, I do my Whitney leg kicks. Yes, my, your struts. I, it's a strut song. Struts. It's a strut song. It's a strut. Yes. And if you've ever seen a single Whitney live performance that's up tempo, she'll kind of do her, she'll move her shoulders up and down, and then she'll kind of kick her legs out. Those are her two moves. Those are her two moves. Those are like big two moves. And I'm not kidding. This and like this, she was like, I can work, I can work this beat live. And mm-hmm. as Nick says, she really does an, an iconic one time it's in a in a full lime two piece. One time it's in <laughs> a, a lemon. It's a lemon or lemon. <laughs> <laughs> two pieces that she does. She's doing a sprite look in these live performances of this. There's a lot. This album's great because she goes on tour on this. She does a tour for Welcome Home to the Soldiers, for the Gulf for War. For HBO. That HBO. is really good. So there's like a lot of kind of really fun. You, and then and then, she, and then she just works the circuit like no one else doing these songs. Oh my gosh, you know what's so great? There's a performance on Johnny Carson. She doesn't do this song. I don't oh, remember I which love, one she does. It's, it's the one. It's, but it, uh, it's... I do. It's it's on Johnny Carson, but Jay Leno is guest hosting. No, no, this is Johnny Carson on Christmas. She does, oh. she does that. But she does. Um, do you hear what I hear? <laughs> Which I was oh, like, yes, that's I right. Trapped. This, 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 all of this stuff that we did for this album was just traps for me. I was just falling down unnecessary traps. Like, don't go, don't, don't go there. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's you know, it's like months after Christmas, and I'm listening to her. Do you know what I hear? Because she released, I think, this album in December. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a fall release. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, this is the closest that Whitney has ever, will ever come to rapping. Mm. Yes. On this song. I had, I saw a fucking awful Swedish interview of hers, and he was like, why aren't you doing any? Uh, I miss. Don't you miss rap and trap? Like something like, why aren't you doing any rap and trap? And when he looks at the interview and she's like, do you miss that because you've seen me sing that? 
Have you ever seen me do that? Is that why you're asking me these questions? And she had to an answer. And he kept asking you to be like, no, I guess other people do it better. I don't know why you're asking me about music that is not on right. this album that I have not done. But yes, this is kind of where she, she does get a little bit more fast paced. <laughs> but it's amazing. And on that pitch too. Yeah. You know, the pitch that it's on. Oh, I mean, I'm so glad that this came to the lyric book when I was uh, seven years old because I needed to know every word. There's two videos of this. One where she plays like iconic um, acting stars like Marilyn Dietrich and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And then one just kind of where she is on the, the sepia tone motorcycle bike. So, I mean, there's a lot. I'm this into was... both of the videos. This song also was like, uh, was a very big hit. It is not yep. the number one from this album, but I think it got to number two or three. It might have um, gotten to, I don't know. It might have gotten to number, you know. They, oh, no, this reached number one. Yes. And also it's yes. like funny because when you look up these songs, they'll be like number one on on the on the R&B chart or on the, on the adult contemporary chart. Like you can get number yes. ones, all, but like it's the hot 100, I guess. But I learned, I learned this um, doing research for this album is that there were three main charts. that seemed like they matter to everyone. It's the hot 100, which is the main one, the R&B charts and the adult contemporary. Right. And we'll get to the song in a minute, but all the man I need got what they call the triple crown, which is all three of them. Whoa. And they got it in the same week. Whoa. I'm Your Baby was her 18th, or was her eighth single to reach number one. She had, This was mm. her third album, y'alls. This is just her third album. Fuck. It's such, it's such a great song. I mean, we're talking about it forever. We can't even move on. It's one of my favorite <laughs> pop songs in the history of pop music. I can't even get over it. On, on a perfect, on what is almost a perfect album. The next song, though, I cannot wait to talk about. It's called My Name Is Not Susan. This was a real adult for us. This was truly our adult moment, y'all. Oh, it really was. I was scandalized by this idea. By this idea that one night not long ago. (laughs) One night not long ago I fell for you Too easy to let go She was
I still believe, I still believe that I am going to sleep with someone and they're going to say it, just another name, just what other name. I can still believe that that happens. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it all the time when I have sex with <laughs> song. It's still in my head, the possibility that I'm just going to blurt out the wrong name. But he's sleeping. The lover is sleeping. He calls for Susan in his sleep. No. In, in his dreams. And I am not, I, I mean, that I've never, I, actually, I know one night talker. I, when I went to Interlochen, my first roommate was a, would actually talk to me in his sleep. So maybe I was, that was able to be like, okay, someone is going to call, someone's going to say Susan at some point, because I have living proof that the next person I've lived with besides my brother is this guy named Ed. And he would like, wake up and ask me questions. And then I would jot them down in a notepad. And the next morning I was like, Ed, here was our night conversation that we had when you were straight up dead asleep. Night talkers. Oh my um, God. But, but I, I, I was convinced that this scandalous is what happens when you are an adult and in romance. Mm-hmm. Now, Romeo, you know you best believe. <laughs> I mean, I can't. Everything better, about better get it right this time, bitch. <laughs> I was like, wasn't I just like texting you lyrics? Yes. Oh, yes. Damn shame. Forgot my name. Damn. Well, anyway, like it's. such a good infidelity song uh, and oh yeah i mean this is i mean all i can think of now though is bobby brown and so many of these songs being about infidelity or fidelity and monogamy i mean she is preaching the gospel of monogamy this is why i've never been in a polyamorous relationship because whitney houston <laughs> laid it out for me in 1990 in the house of houston we believe in monogamy <laughs> fantasizing about other people absolutely not wow 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 um i don't completely co-sign of the of the house of houston but um yeah i mean she definitely doesn't believe in people named susan fucking with <laughs> oh we get there's so many songs about monogamy on this album oh there's so many songs about mon- i mean she's well, the, the next track because like it is it's you know um Listening to this, I'm like, I love the sequence. Like, I love, I know, I know oh, right when yes. it starts where I'm at, like right mm-hmm. from the first notes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, this is embedded in my spine, but it, it does like, she, like from going from my name is not Susan, basically the diss track of being like, look, if you guys don't think I'm in control of my, of my shit, here's me. Like literally mm-hmm. yeah, I can tell any man off and then, but then to jump into the next yeah, track. Say goodbye to me, boy. <laughs> goodbye boy but then the next track it's like oh wait a minute but that boy's all you need well he lifts me up he does he t- i mean and and here's the thing is that you know with michael jackson and with madonna they were trying to they were constantly reinventing the wheel they were the fucking wheel mm-hmm. you know they right. were literally steering the pop ship into whatever yes. um, and turning themselves into different entirely different per- personalities humans aliens and turning sorts. their sound into different sounds you yes. know into and they they were able to be the hit literally the hit makers they 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 found something that was like kind of hot and they made it work for the masses that was whitney's 
that was not Whitney's bag. She did not have that agenda. She did not have an yeah. agenda. Why? Because she was the voice. And when you she are the voice, songs. she wants to yes. sing. You just sing songs. When you are the voice, you sing songs. So if she wants to go, you from give the, the voice, voice to us. This is the track that is the voice. And this is the voice. So if you want to go from 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 dissing your man to loving your man, too bad. You got the voice. I shall follow. I shall mm-hmm. follow, and I shall make it work in the house Absolutely. of Houston. Absolutely. Absolutely. To cry myself to sleep at night, but that was all before he came. I thought love had to hurt to turn out right, but now he's here. It's not the same. It's not the Her voice is like a rocket on this song. It's like mm-hmm. a fucking rocket. I can't even. Uh, this is it's kind of jazzy. It's gospel and jazz at the same mm-hmm. time. You know, it has that shimmering. I mean, I love, I love pristine. a love song. I love a love song that might be about a man, but also might be about Jesus. Right. I know. know what I mean? And she knows it too. She loves every, um, every concert that Nippy does. She does gospel. Yes. And uh, actually one of the tracks that was recorded during this time, maybe, and I can, I can't really see it fitting on this album. And, and it got that kind of really, I really love the re the, the reproduced version of it was her higher love. Um, uh-huh. And she clearly, I mean, she literally embeds in the song, my Lord into saying for a higher love. Yeah. Now that was for, that was released in Japan. So higher love was a bonus track. It was a bonus track Japan. off of this. Yes. Uh, but yes, yeah, so what you're saying. Yeah. Where she could be like, all the man I need is about my well, Lord on the cross. Absolutely. He lifts me up. He gives me more love, more love than I'll ever need. And sometimes she performs this song with a gospel choir. Right. I think she did that on Jay Leno. She'll also do the song for six fucking minutes. She will just like vamp and go. This was actually a cover um, by uh, a jazz singer named Linda Clifford. And then it was done by Sister Sledge. This was actually not written. So uh, I think Nippy picked this. Nippy knew that she could wrap her vocals around this song. it is one of those songs that in live performances, she does so many things with. She's, it's her, I will always love you before I will always love you happened. And it's like in that HBO home for the heroes celebration. I was just thinking it's, it's gotta be the 
hardest song she sings up to this point. Hmm. It's nonstop belting. It's belting the whole fucking time. And in that performance, you think she sounds like a little hoarse and a little tired. And then she just blows it apart. Belting in that way, she's like a mezzo soprano, and so she's like belting in, in, in like she'll, she'll go from the chest up to that soprano thing mm-hmm. in this song, and it's like, who? Oh, you can't. You oh, can she kind of sing along. Yeah, you can kind of sing you along, can, but yeah, you can't really sing. You can never. Don't really want sing anyone along to hear you. Me. Don't want anyone to hear you do it. <laughs> I was really by myself singing this album in the most heinous ways this week did you <laughs> i know i know did you find any discoveries because i will say now we're on track three i will say like i have a discovery a new a new kind of pure favor that i'm going to listen to like all of the time i'm wondering i'm not it, it won't I'm, it's not going to come yet but i'm wondering a if new you favorite song i have a yeah. new favorite song. you do yeah. okay uh-huh yeah it's not okay. this it's not all the man i need i mean i guess all the man no. i need is like so iconic this is like it's the hit it's, it's the, the hit. huge hit i think it's the biggest hit off this album but no it's not my it's not my new discovery what's next which is lover for life it, it, <laughs> Talk we're, about- now we're going it's the positive bedroom we were in the angry bedroom before and now we're in the sexy bedroom talk about shackled to monogamy <laughs> I know, she, right? Yeah, she literally wants to be a prisoner. This, I love this song. This has got the groove that I really This like. is my new favorite song. But, oh, whoa. <laughs> but oh. it's real controversial <laughs> lyrics for me because I'm a oh, little- I'm into it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's her Judge Judy moment. Yeah? Yes, it's Judge Judy. You heard my testimony. You've seen my evidence. <sighs> I'm not even comfortable with someone telling me they love me, but if they're like, I love you and <laughs> I want you to be my prisoner, oh, <laughs> out of there. Me, I'm your prisoner. Up, real, though, baby, you real, that's a real 
serious uh, Fifty Shades vibes that I'm into. <laughs> this is a groove, though. It is a fun groove. And her voice, that crazy head voice in this song. It's so, I'm going to say that every track is my favorite track, except for one track. There's only one track that's kind of a flop for me on this. I, okay, I wonder if I can guess it. I'm knocking. Yeah. 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 But that's okay because it's at the end of the album and you can just stop the tape early. You don't have to. And so. I kind of knew that because that's a little bit of mine too, but I started getting into it. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. It's kind of like, you know, after you've had your big workout, you put on I'm knocking to kind of be like, okay, class, we're done. Like, let's just breathe. Let's we can stretch have it out. Maybe you have out. a little a little sip of your water bottle. Yeah, you can mingle. You can kind of mingle and then you're kind of, you're knocking out the door. You know, you kind of still can get that bop, but you're not going to really remember it. Yeah. No, no. So now we're on to any more. And this is another one of her I'm Not a Good Girl No More tracks. I I know, but it's also about monogamy. Can I ask you a question? Please. Do you believe that angels are watching everything we do? I mean, I really I had huge letters wrote down, angels are watching. <laughs> it, I know, it's really, I mean, everyone with that Catholic guilt, please be careful proceeding into this song. <laughs> I believe that angels watch everything we do. Obviously, this is this is like some one of my strange connections when she's like, if you're not calling me in the middle of the night to check in on me, you are yeah. not. I believe in roses, but only from the heart. And if it's not sincere, baby, then I don't want no part. I believe in one love, baby. True monogamy. What I don't know can hurt me. Well, that's not the way I see. If you believe in me. kind of trust i don't want what is the problem here shackle (laughs) me to the bed and check in on me at 3 a.m that's what love is i basically just want to be kidnapped (laughs) i want to be kidnapped and sleep deprived by by my true lover's hand i so when i thought about calling in the middle i was like that's really intense nippy that's a really (laughs) intense thing that like your lover has to call you and and like just make sure you're okay and then i thought about 
um, all about Eve and about how she like remember she was supposed to call him and wish him happy birthday really late at night. Oh yeah, that scene. And I was like, that okay, scene. well maybe like back in the day when you did just have these landlines and you had to talk to your boo at sometimes sometimes it's international and like you, you have to text. Call. Yeah, you can't text, so you just have to pick up at 3 a.m. and be like, hey baby, I'm, I'm and if you don't, then you know Susan what I'm going to say to you. You know what I'm going to say to you? I'm going to say I don't need your kind of kisses. <laughs> I don't, need your I don't want to be your missus. Kisses. I don't want your animal. <laughs> I love, I don't need, I don't want, I can't even sing it. I can't sing along with this album. But, but, but I can, I can, but just not on a podcast. We just don't need, we don't need, we don't, we don't need, need to, to be putting anyone in an audio medium through that. Yeah. Okay. But now the next track is really the church of us. <laughs> this song is the church of us. It's, we went deeply into it on the Whitney episode that we did before, and we're about to do it again. It's called Miracle. It is. Um, so I, I I, don't know how, but we were the general public. Well, I guess because you call, you call those little monsters that we, that humans have miracles. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why I think like growing up, we were like, okay, this has to be about a baby, but guess, guess what, babe, the general public thought that too. And they would ask her uh, about it. Jet Magazine asked her if this song was about abortion. Mm. And here's what Whitney Houston's response was. I think about the air we breathe, the earth we live on. I think about our children. I think about a lot of things. Things God put here for us to have. Things that we need and we take for granted. I think of all these things are miracles. And I think we should try to take better care of them. I was like, oh, so okay. Mm-hmm. Nick and I really were grooving on. We we didn't think it was abortion. I know I said that like this loneliness about abortion. I remember us thinking it was that she gave up her baby. Right? right. Option. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for a, for a, uh, iconic adoption, an iconic put the baby in a basket, push it down the river moment. <laughs> Not when love 
we were we really studied these lyrics very very intently because the miracle is a mystery but it's also like it's about love to me too because you know that lyric that fucking (laughs) yeah i wonder if i could be your miracle i wonder if i could spare you pain Oh, Whitney. I, it's it's that turn. It's that turn in the song. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. Where it flips and it becomes this thing like, could I do this? Could I not be alone? You know, maybe this time. Mm-hmm. Maybe this time I'll be the lucky one. You know? Exactly. This is her maybe this time. You know, I'm crying out, don't throw your love away. There's a miracle in store. <laughs> Most of this is pretty contemporary kind of dance tracks, mid tempos, a lot, a lot, a lot of mid tempos, and uh, so the, all the man I love, and then this one. This was her second ballad on this album. Yeah, and this was a single too. It did not hit the same heights, but it did really well. Do you know why it came out? Why? Because she had just done the Star Spangled Banner. So when when right. this was making a rotation, that you know they're already almost gone and. So they're like, okay, Star Spangled Banner is such a big hit. We need a we need a ballad for the American people right. to hold on to. Right. We need this is like it's very interesting too because this album is at the exact same time as Wind Beneath My Wings and From a Distance. Mm-hmm. So it's a very inspirational ballad moment where the divas are really trying to reach to the heavens for us. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what we needed after. <laughs> Ronald Reagan and the Gulf War. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is Nick and I's hit. I mean, this is iconic. Was, yeah. We were really trying to understand God at this moment. Yeah. We were and trying to understand God in ourselves. There. Yeah. We didn't want to go to church. This was church. Do you still get it the feelings? Really Do you still get all the feelings? Oh, every time I listen to this song, I get every single feeling that I possess. Yeah. She, she can really just like break me like that, you know? Yeah. She can just, yeah, she she just breaks me in half with her voice. I think this is another baby. Yeah, this is L.A. Reid. Uh, L.A. Reid also was behind a, a large part behind this album. I don't even remember L.A. Reid as this big uh, music producer. And every time I he, and he did he did the four tracks that Babyface did. This is one of them. And every time mm-hmm. I think about L.A. Reid, I think about that Pink song from "Don't Let Me Get Me" when she says, "L.A. told me you could be a pop star. All you have to do is change everything you are." Who said that? Not, but L.A. Reid, anyways, L.A. Reid is, is a huge, huge influential music producer. And yeah, and he Who was did this. forced to step down from Epic Records a few years ago because he was sexually harassing people. Yep, nasty, nasty. But he did give us this, but he helped us give us this miracle. I don't want you anymore, L.A. Reid. I don't want Reed. you anymore. This next song is like my all-time bop. I Belong to You, is this your number one? I've been to the bottom, now I'm back on top. 
the hook yes everything yes it's so this sick. is me, this is me coming out of quarantine right and Where you're like on the street and like the sun's out and the birds are flying around you and you're doing the Whitney leg kick. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. You want to know what you, you want to hear my true confessions on this song? What? You want to hear something? You want to hear me get dirty? Yeah. Oh God. I, I remember very vividly having sex to this song when I was in college. The, yeah. You, you put on, I'm your baby tonight I to get your frick on, on. I'm your baby tonight to get my frick on. <laughs> That's when you had like roommates and you had to be like, oh, okay, I, like I'm going I to just my South Street this. Seaport apartment with Mariah. Whoa. Whoa, right? Whoa. And I went to the bottom. Oh. And then I got back on top. on top. <laughs> and then you were feeling the rhythm. And then yeah, you started to rock. little sexy ditty it is it's a really sexy ditty it was nominated for the 35th uh, grammy awards for best female vocal performance so booyah on this this album her she had singles nominated for the 33rd 34th and 33rd grammy awards from this album right so i don't know if we still do that it seems to me now it's like we're gonna take all of Adele's songs from 25 and all of Lemonade, we're putting that into one Grammy night. Whereas before it used to be like, oh, that single was out this year and you could stretch it across multiple years. And and she released this album in November. So she, her, that first single was in uh, 1990. And then all the next singles, right, would, would be considered for the next year because that's when they were would be released, would be in 1991. Right, exactly. And that... That 1990 year, the year that I'm Your Baby Tonight is nominated for Best uh, Female Pop Vocal Performance is the crazy year that we always threaten to do an episode about because it was Bette Midler for From a Distance, Nippy for I'm Your Baby Tonight, Sinead O'Connor for For Nothing Compares to You, and Mariah Carey for Visions of Love. And Mariah Carey, it was her first year, and she wins it over them. And that's kind of where I think Mariah Carey enters that madonna michael jackson or starts to join the stratosphere with those three don't you because mariah carey then wins that award like for a couple years in a row until whitney wins it for i uh i will always love you yeah i I, yeah something about when something about when mariah carey 
does the butterfly album i don't know for some reason that's when her icon icon status becomes real solidified she had had you know about that time about seven or eight years you know to get all of that and then she releases and changes her image i think it's really when you change your i think it really it's when you when you kind of do something that's not expected and and we i don't yeah did we say people fucking hated this album you guys like it got oh, yeah. no one likes it still. It got destroyed. And still no one likes that except and for what, us. And that's what I was saying about this whole thing. It's like, well, what was she going to do? When she had her first two albums, you were saying that this is just polished pop, uh, you know, emotionless, uh, perfected. All the edges are rounded. And then she does something that's uh, more personal, that shows you different shades, that uh, brings in different elements of music. And people are like- that calls out women named Susan. Call that, yeah, that disses Susan. Susan was the OG Karen. Um, mm-hmm. Damn, she was the OG Becky with the good hair. <laughs> she sure fucking was. And, and so then she does this, and then people are like, oh, try hard. This is bland. This is, too, you know, uh, this is too light. That mm-hmm. It's like- and I don't understand. It's that's the kind of funny thing about people who are reviewing pop music, constantly demanding, I don't even know what. I really don't, I don't know, even what. know what. It's like Whitney Houston is not Queen Latifah, everyone. It's like, wait, it's, she's just a different person, different artist. You know, they're both from New Jersey, I guess. But like, Whitney is not going to make the same kind of music. She's giving, like, you, she's giving you some good fucking tunes. Relax. Yeah. Relax. And she, yeah. And she's not being America's sweetheart. She's showing her extremely sexual side that is also extremely monogamous. Um, This is a little bit... (laughs) Well, allegedly. I think you maybe need to start doing allegedly on that. (laughs) Because the the estate could sue on the... um, because we also know that Winnie was like, quote unquote, monogamous, but we all give it up to her lesbian lover. Yes. That was her best friend. Rolling Stone, I'm going to quote, the. this is not the first time, the last time I'm going to quote this, but they write this about her, about this album. In a kind of middle review, what Houston has always possessed in abundance is a voice, the strongest of pop advantages. I'm Your Baby Tonight, Houston's third, best, and most integrated album amounts to a case study in how much she can get out of her luscious and straightforward vocal gifts within a dance pop framework. Sure. Yeah. What else okay. do we need? What else, did, what else else. do you need? Are you saying that she's going to give us lots of bops and sing them flawlessly? Thank you. Then, That's all I've needed. This then, has sustained me for 30 years, this album. That's more Next than track. a meal. More than a meal. Let's, but we keep yeah, going. Pop, pop dance tracks. Who do you love? Who? 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 I want to know. This is the perfect. This should have been a single. I'm yeah. sorry. This perfect going to the mall in 1990. Pure pop. This is a big lip sync song for me. Do you know if I lip sync for my life and someone's like, you can pick your song, I think it might be Who Do You Love? Oh, do you think you could do this one? Go. Okay. And yes. welcome to the stage. <laughs> Nippy Westrate. <laughs>
that was just me flawlessly lip syncing. There we go. To that. I wish this was a visual medium so you could have it. Maybe I'll put it on our stories. Uh, Luther Vandross uh, wrote and produced this one. Yes, that's well, why it's such a Luther fucking bop. Yeah, joint. Yeah, isn't it awesome? Uh, also, my favorite, you know, my favorite part in this what? is when, she, you know, I can't get over when a diva talks in a song. big club thing you know like oh yeah yeah (laughs) this is this is this is one that i didn't spend okay these next two are kind of the ones that i've i'm spending more time with because i didn't feel like too upfront with but this is this is awesome and i'm gonna do go back to rolling you didn't know we didn't know oh i mean this again like took me to a different level of i didn't know that this happened in adulthood (laughs) took adult this was adult it was like wait a minute so your friends first but you don't know that you could be lovers. What kind of lovers? That's what happens when innocent friends turn serious lovers. And we're so happy that we've fallen in love and still can be best of friends. Yeah. Best of friends. This is Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder wrote this. And I really do love this from this Rolling Stone. Um, this is a little bit long, but from this Rolling... I'm gonna, I want to read this from the Rolling Stone thing about breaking down this track. Still the, to the key to the kind of music Houston sings on I'm Your Baby Tonight, the black and white funk and dance driven pop that is the soundtrack of this cultural moment is We Didn't Know. Houston's duet with producer Stevie Wonder. Wonder, who practically invented the keyboard-based pop that Houston and her fans hear as natural and contemporary, understands Houston totally. He knows what she likes about the expressive properties of ballads, about the passion of rock, about the well-regulated technological zing of dance music. So, as he's done before in his own music and with other singers, he puts all of this, the barreling rhythm track, the soaring choruses, the personable background voices, at the service of We Didn't Know, which is about when innocent friends... Turn serious lovers. I love that like it, it that the technician that Stevie Wonder is can get Whitney yeah. Houston this amped and perfect. And, and it's also like, thank you, someone whose voice is worthy of being with Whitney's. Because you know I have a list of men who can sing, and Stevie Wonder is number one on that list. He's my favorite male singer of all time. He's perfect. So good. Perfect, beautiful. And one of the greatest songwriters in, in fucking history. Okay, this is my new favorite track right here coming up. After we make love? Yes. You just want to get lost in the afterglow? It's so naughty. 
It's so naughty. Mm-hmm. I imagine like laying in my sun soaked like, you know, sky rise apartment in the eighties, oh, you know, yes. my in black satin. LA, yeah. Downtown LA, mm-hmm. my black satin sheets, like, like, you know, both me and my lover were coiling, having a cigarette. I love the intro to this song. I love mm-hmm. the beginning. And I love that. And, and that, and she keeps reprising that, oh, you know, the opening is so good. I've been such a long time for a love that's real to come my way gonna take some getting used to now that love is here to stay I, that gives me tingles, the slow, slow beginning of it. And then when you realize like what she's actually singing about is like just being in this misty, uh, steamy, sensual mm. experience, like naughty, naughty, Whitney. I love this song so much. Also, she belts mama. Now the world is filled with the Turn my life around in just one day. I love the spell you put me under with just one kiss. So, oh my gosh, it's emotional. She gives you it. This is, seems like a long song, right? Yeah, this is like a five minute. I love this epic. bridge so hard. This is my new, mm. and I, and so, yeah, I think, I think I kind of would maybe a little bit take a pause after who do you love? And maybe I didn't always do all three of these in the religious way that I should. I mean, like well, Nick and I, when we're together, it, it goes front to back, but I and just, yeah, and, and I'm knocking is, I mean, we'll maybe go out on I'm knocking. Cause you can just like, kind of like knock out, you can kind of like strut down the street or whatever you're doing today and kind of knock yourself away. Oh yeah. Knock but, it down. Like, not my number one song no it's it's uh it's a light kind of contemporary 
there's some funk in there and she returns to that kind of like very high pitched, very fast on the ask me what I want, dun dun dun. You know, that that she doesn't I'm your baby tonight, that kind of like wraps the album up in a great way that makes it very sonically cohesive. There are lots of tracks that were scooted off this album that you can get on YouTube that are cool and good, but I'm glad that they're not on it. Except for Higher Love. I would kind of like Higher Love to have been. Right. And one of those ones, if you ever want to look it up, I don't think we're going to play it here, but it's called Taking a Chance. Actually, Whitney Houston wrote that song. Um, yeah, it was a huge kind of hit. Cool. But, um, but I'm knocking, I think it's kind of interesting that she ends it with that in a way that she's like, I'm coming. I'm coming for this. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm coming for these new adventures. I'm coming for this kind of more relaxed, you know, less pristine version. Like, so open up the door. Here I come, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and she does. She continues to do music like this through the 90s. It reminds me of like later Whitney stuff. I feel like she comes back to it with stuff like Heartbreak Hotel, you know, like really amazing dance tracks that fucking kill at the clubs and that we as gays love that maybe didn't get as much attention on the pop charts, you know? Right. I mean, this got a lot of attention on the pop charts, this album. I guess they didn't get a lot of critical success. I also don't know a lot about the critical reception of Whitney's later work because I was so worried about her and I needed to take care of her in my mind that I never really mm-hmm. would delve into that. You know, I didn't care. Well, post Beaches Drive, then she does the My Love Is Your Love out and then, and people really love that album. It's like, you know. Yeah, that's My Love Is Your Love is one of the, yeah. I love, I mean, I love Just Whitney. Oh, Just I Whitney. I've never said this before. I love it. <laughs> I've never really that's one that maybe when I need it will come into my to my life. I mean I that was a very like in college for me album. Like we listened to it a lot in like uh, movement class at school and we listened to it uh a lot at the club and like Will and I would listen to it as we like get got ready to go to the club. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, I got I, 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 you know, that's that's just a gift that's going to be there when I'm opening my arms. I'm so glad I got we got to share this gift with you all. Like this is oh gosh, I'm your album. baby tonight. We are we are your babies. Yeah, you are our babies. Our babies. You're our You're baby. babies. You're the baby. Okay. Um, we love you. Love uh, you so listen much. to some Whitney. Celebrate some Whitney. Um, stay monogamous in all of your relationships. Tie your partner to a bed. Don't, don't date Susan. Don't, don't be friends with Susan. Don't let any <laughs> Susan around your mans. Find oh, that you mir- Find your miracle. It's like Freddy Krueger. She comes into your dream. <laughs> and she makes you say your name out loud. Her name out loud. Say my She's name. She's like Mary and Freddy. Say my name. I will destroy your relationship. Say my name. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thank you, babies. Bye. We're knocking. Listen up. Who's to say it's easy? Sometimes life's not fair. I've heard some say just not the door will open. Uh, and where does your final standing there? And if it's true, I'm knocking. Come open up the door My heart's been right here waiting For someone to adore Well, if it's true, I'm knocking Come open up the door
Oh, my heart's been right here waiting. 